are listening to the Classic Sermons Podcast from PreachTheBible.org, a ministry of North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. You will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival sermons from great preachers of the past. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. I want to preach this afternoon for a few moments on the comeback of the, de- of the defeated champion. The comeback of the defeated champion. Open your Bible with me to the book of Judges. To the book of Judges, and I'll try in about 30 minutes to get the message over. If I don't, I'll take another 30, amen. <laughs> we'll never have revival in this country until we get back to giving God a chance. I was holding a meeting not long ago, and the pastor said, Now, I presume that Dr. Lincoln will be through by 9 o'clock. I got up and I said, I presume that he won't. (laughs) Whenever you stand up and say, Now, I'll be finished by 9 o'clock, you have precluded the possibility of the Holy Ghost having anything to do with it whatsoever. That's like saying we're going to have a three-day meeting, a mini-meeting. You're going to have revivals again when you start the revivals like we used to. And that is beginning on a certain day and on until victory. You don't give God a chance. You don't give God any, you don't give God a chance. Give God a chance. We could have revivals again if we give God a chance. Now, in verse 22, verse 21 of the 16th chapter of the book of Judges. But the Philistines took him and put out his eyes and brought him down to Gaza, bound him with fetters of brass, and he did grind in the prison house. Howbeit, now here's the text, howbeit the hair of his head began to grow again after he was shaven. For the Lord, for the Lord of the Philistines, gathered themselves together for to offer a great sacrifice unto Dagon, their God, and to, to and rejoice. For they said, Our God hath delivered Samson, our enemy, into our hand. A little later on, Samson said, That's a big lie. I did it myself. And when the people saw him, they praised their God, for they said, Our God hath delivered into our hands our enemy and the destroyer of our country which slew many of us. Our Heavenly Father, as we come to speak, we pray that the Holy Spirit shall give us power, give the people grace to hear, and may we preach with clearness of thought and warm our hearts, because we ask it in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen. The story of Samson, the story of Samson affords us a very striking but sad illustration of the condition of many of the professed followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. Many who, like Samson, were followers, and some of them engaged in religious activities, and some of them performed some good works, it seemed, but who later were gradually weaned away from their first love until they began to walk in the counsel of the ungodly, and sit in the seat of the scornful, and some of them even profane the name of the one they profess to love and to adore. 
I suspect if all the backslidden people in your church and your community could be restored to a place of fellowship and service in the Master's cause, a revival would break out in this country such as we have never seen. Revival would break out such as... Now, Samson was a man. Samson was a man of great attraction. And a man who could perform miraculous things. And he did miraculous things. And did it with most unlikely weapons. Samson was a man they could never quite figure out. He could take the most unlikely weapon that you could think of. And slay the enemy with it heaps upon heaps. And how secure they felt when Samson stood between them and the enemy. But one day, one day, the thing changed. One day the thing changed. And Samson had his eyes poked out and began to grind and with fetters of brass. Now someone said to me, Dr. Lincoln, what was the secret of Samson's strength? What was the secret of this unusual strength that could cause him to do unusual things? And have unusual power. Well, first of all, the secret of Samson's strength, the secret of his strength was not in his size. We talk about Samson the giant, and the little girl teaching the Sunday school class said, now, children, Samson was a great big giant. Well, that's just a great big lie. He was no giant six feet tall, six feet tall, shoulders like a barn door. Legs like southern porch column, arms like telegraph poles. Why, you, you know, if he'd have been that sort of a monster, they wouldn't, the enemy wouldn't have rushed upon him. They wouldn't have rushed upon him. I think Samson was a little insignificant shrimp. And somebody said, why don't someone go out and slap him over? Why doesn't someone go out and slap him over? Paul Reader, I heard Paul Reader say once that when he was, in his younger days, he was a heavyweight boxer. And he said, one day they, made, they matched me with a man that was not my size. And I said, well, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'll go in there and I'll take a swing or two and slap him over and it'll all be over with. He said, I went in and I made a pass at him and it looked to me like a wagon wheel with a glove on every spoke was in my face. <laughs> and he said, I thought he'd beat me to death before I could get out of his way. No, his strength was not in his size. Neither was it in his training. It wasn't in his training. Because you cannot train that to do which is beyond the, uh, beyond the average, average person. It's not in his training. Now, I believe in training. I believe in training. And I believe that God blesses it. And I believe we ought to be willing to study, to show ourselves approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed. But I'm going to say this now. Let me tell you this. I do not believe that God ever intended to pattern every preacher in the same pattern. I do not believe that God ever intended to run him through the ministerial factory and bring them all out alike. I do not believe that. I do not believe that. I believe that all I know that a sharp axe cuts better than a dull one. And I believe that we should have trade. 
Somebody said, Dr. Lincoln, what about, well, a fellow was trying to teach me once. He was trying to teach me some Greek. And he was teaching me some Greek about baptism. And he said, it's Babti Joe and Ramti Joe. I said, yeah, grave E, grave I, grave O, but you have to just sop when I was a kid. I didn't know that. <laughs> but let me say this. You could put a man through all the preacher factories that you can find and put a sheepskin on the, every wall of his study. And there, he must have something over and above and beyond that to make him spiritually strong. He must have something over and above and beyond that. Did you ever stop to think for a moment where God has gone many times to get the men that have trust that have shaped, that have shaken this country? Who was it that took you, that put one hand upon America and one upon Great Britain and preached the love of God and the gentleness of Jesus until two continents rocked heavenward? Dwight L. Moody. Fourth grade education. Where did he get it? From behind a shoe counter in Boston. Who was it that flashed, who was it that flashed across this continent and drew crowds as no man had done up until this? Billy Sunday. Billy Sunday. Gypsy Smith. Gypsy Smith that captured almost two continents. Gypsy Smith said he never went to school but three days in his life, six days in his life. Never but six days in his life. Now somebody said, Dr. Lincoln's talking against education. No, I'm not. God knows I feel the need of it. But I'm going to say that you cannot, you cannot depend upon that. You cannot rely upon that. And the secret of his strength was not in his training. The secret of his strength, I said, was not in his training. Neither was his strength in his hair. His hair, like the locks of Absalom, might have added to the grandeur of his person. But they themselves were not the secret. The hair was this. What was the hair a symbol of? He said, you shall be a razor shall not come from thine head, and thou shalt be a Nazarite from thy birth. That is, you were separated. And, and when the scissors went on, and his hair was taken off, that, well, that signifies that the separation had ended. And with the ending of his separation went, his supernatural strength. I know that the Apostle Paul was a man of great personal charm. I know that Paul was a man of great intellectual capacity. But the strength of the amazing, the amazing ministry of the Apostle Paul was in this. For I am separated unto the gospel of Christ. For I am separated unto the gospel of Christ. And when he realized that his hair had been cut off, then his separated, separation had gone, and he became as weak as other men. He became weak as other men. Then it was that he was taken and his eyes poked out, and he was bound with fetters of brass. And they put him to do the work of a, a beast of burden, grinding in the mill. What was the secret of his strength? I said the secret of his strength was his separation unto God. Now, what was the secret of his downfall? What was the secret of his downfall? This is going to be a very short, brief, simple message. I looked at that one day and I said, what were the staircase? What was the staircase down which he walked? What was the steps down which he went? 
from that mighty position that he occupied to becoming as weak as other men, from being lifted up and exalted to being down now as a beast of burden. Why did he, why, what, did, what was the secret of his loss of power? It was not because he had enemies. It was not because he had enemies. He did have enemies. He did have enemies. But when the occasion demanded it, he found he could take a most unlikely weapon and be equal to them. Many a man says, many a man says that I am not a success because my wife is not friendly to the, my position. Or my husband is not friendly to the position that I have. Or because the place where I work is not conducive to spiritual things. Therefore I'm a weakling. Therefore I, I have failed. Let me say this to you. That is not true. I believe that I could live a life of holiness even in hell if God so demanded it. If God so demanded it. It's not because you're lacking, it's not because you're lacking in defensive weapons. It's not because you have enemies. Lacking in defensive, sure. He didn't have any armor like Saul. He didn't have any armor like Saul. But when the occasion demanded it, he found himself equal to the whole crowd. You say, well, what was the secret of his downfall? What was the secret of his downfall? I'll tell you what. One was became friendly with Delilah. Delilah is a type of the world. And he who lays in head in Delilah's lap will sooner or later grind in Gaza's dungeon. Samson learned when it was too late that the scissors of Delilah were far more deadly than all the lances of the Philistines. My brother man, if you're going to have power with God, you're going to have to walk separated from this world. When I first became a young preacher, I thought I had to join everything. I joined everything from the ladies' aid up. That is the, but I, that is the most I get. But anyhow, I had to ride the goats. You know, I found out this a little later, that I didn't need all of that. I didn't need all that. Let me tell you this. You say, he who lays his head in Delilah's lap, I said, would sooner or later grind in Jesus' dungeon. That's the reason, young preacher, be careful. The other day, we take time out to say this. Dr. John Rollins said to me, Dr. Lakin, you're a miracle. And I said, what do you mean? What do you mean? He said, six to two and a half years you've been preaching. Six to two and a half years you've been preaching. And now a book for a two, a book for two years. And receiving from one to five invitations a day from all over the world to preach. He said, you know what's the secret? Listen. I said, what is it, John? What do you think the secret of it is? It's, it, it's this. He said, you have never doubted this book. You've never doubted this book. Don't be afraid of being called a fundamentalist. Blessed be God, man. I heard a man making fun of it not long ago and he said, I'm not a fundamentalist. 
But he's worse than that. Don't be ashamed to be called a believer. Don't be ashamed of it, my friend. Don't be ashamed of it. He said, I've never seen, I've never heard you deny the book. I believe the word of God. I believe the word of God. Father said, do you believe the entire word of God? I certainly do. A little two-by-squirt said to me not long ago, he said, Dr. Lincoln, you believe the Bible contains the Word of God? I said, no, I believe it is the Word of God. I believe it is the Word of God, verbally inspired, inherently accurate. But he said, there's so many contradictions in it. He'd heard somebody say that. I said, show me one. Oh, he said, there's plenty. I said, I don't want plenty, just one. He stood there and sputtered like an arc light. And he said, do you believe, do you believe the miracles of the Bible? I said, yes. Do you believe that, do you believe that Noah's Ark story? I said, sir. Now he said, I'm going to show you how ridiculous. He said, how big was the Ark? I told him how high it was, how wide it was. How long it was. Then he laughed and said, now you see how ridiculous that is. How would the priests ever carry that across the Jordan? He said, do you believe the two of every animal got in the ark? I said, I certainly do. I certainly do. And then he said, but the, uh, the Bible is so unscientific. That's a big word. He heard somebody say that. He said, I think. I said, no, you don't think. You're not capable of thinking. I said, why don't you think for yourself? A woodpecker does. I said, why don't you use your own head? Of course, he didn't have a head. It's just a neck run up and the stub hurried over. It's just a pimple. It hadn't come to a head yet. You bring these infidels around, the old man will take care of them. Let me show you something. They can poke that down the neck of some kids, but let them try the old man, amen? Oh, listen to me, my friend. Listen to me, my friend. I believe, he said, do you believe the Jonah and the whale story? I said, no. You believe the whale swallowed Jonah? I said, the Bible says that God prepared a great fish. Hebrew word. Dag, monster of the deep. God prepared a great fish to swallow up Jonah. He said that gastric juices would have digested Jonah. I said, is that so? I don't think Jonah's wallowing around any whale's gastric juices. I think he's rambling around trying to find the place he came in and God tickled the old whale and and he spit him up F-O-B, free on bank. That's the first case of free meal delivery we've got on record, my friend. But I said, I can give you a bigger miracle than that right before your eyes, spelled with three letters, J-E-W. Jew. Tell me any other people without a country, without a king, without anything to hold them together nationally, without anything, scattered among the nations of the earth like corn is scattered from a sieve. Any other nation that never married or intermarried, but retained their physiognomy and never lost their identity. Jew has never lost his identity. Why? 
because he is the eternal Jew. You say, well, why hasn't he lost his identity? Listen to it. To the preserved of Israel. And if God can preserve, preserve a nation in the belly of the nations of this earth, without a king, without anything to hold them together nationally, do I doubt the ability of God to keep a man in a fish's belly if he wanted to? Any man that can create a whale and can create a man could put the man in the fish and make him live if he wanted to. Amen. That's what I'm saying to you. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something now. He became friendly, I said, with Delilah, type of the world. Now, sitting yonder in the, sitting yonder in the dungeon, his hair began to grow again. Unknown to them and unnoticed by them, Samson's hair began to grow again. Samson's hair was cut off. But as the old theologians used to say, the root of the matter was still there. And that which was in eventually began to come out. And if you get your hair snatched off, if it's your own hair, it'll come out. But if you've just been wearing a religious wig and you get that snatched off, that won't grow. Amen? Unknown to them, unknown to them, and unnoticed by them, Samson's hair had begun to grow again. And one day they were having a big blowout and they wanted Samson to play clown for them. And they led, the boy led Samson out there. And Samson said, hey kid, come here. And they led him over and he said, let me feel the pillars. And he put his hand upon the pillars. And then he prayed. He prayed and as he bowed himself together, the thing came down with a mighty crash upon him. And he killed more in his death than he had in his life. Here's what I'm saying to you. Why should he have desired his hair to grow again? I think he should desire it for his own sake. I believe the most miserable man in all that country was Samson. Sitting there in that mill with his eyes poked out, bound with petters of breast. He would walk back down the hall of memory and stand again upon the battlefields and see that nothing could withstand him, nothing could stand between him and victory. And I think somehow there must have been tears in those old sightless eyes when he realized that that power was gone. Some days he'd go out and shake himself, but the power didn't come. And there's some people listening to me today. Brother, you remember the time when you had power with God? You remember the time when you had power with God? And you remember the time when you were, when there was, you, you were able to conquer all the enemy? There was nothing able to stand before you. That power is gone now. I said, for his own sake, I think he said, Oh, for my own sake, I think the most miserable person in all that countryside must have been Samson. Then I think he should have, I think he should have desired his hair to grow out because his defection gave a great impetus to the cause of a false religion. No longer, listen, yonder the temples of Dagon were filled with heathen worshippers. No longer did the people go to their solemn peace. The temples of God were emptied. The temple of Dagon was filled with evil worshippers, heathen worshippers. 
My brother, listen, let me say this to you. All of the books that's been written against infidelity, against Christian religion, all of the books that's been written against the cause of Christ, all of it has never done half the harm, has never done half the hurt, as those who have professed faith in him and then gone out and lived in a wrong, against that profession. I think he must have brought sorrow to many hearts. I think he must have brought tears to many eyes. When they saw Samson, they said, poor old Samson. They remembered those other days when they'd seen him and how secure they'd been. When he had stood between them and the enemy, but now, now it's all over. Let me give you another one quickly. I told you it wouldn't take, keep you long. Let me give you another one. I believe that the defection of Samson gave much, gave great, a great impetus to the cause of the destroying of the preacher's message. I believe many a preacher's message is ruined today because of the imperfection of those who worship. Somebody said, Dr. Lincoln, our preacher's not doing good. We're not getting things done. If the pastor of that church alone preaches, without the living testimony of those who worship at his altars, his, his preaching will amount to but very little. His preaching will amount to very little, and I think Samson's, Samson's defection gave a great impetus to the cause of a false religion and did much to silence the testimony of the prophets. A friend of mine said he was holding a meeting in Philadelphia. Preacher said to him, I'm going to resign this church. He said, well, why should I resign? He said, I know I'm living as clean as I ever did. I know, I know I'm preaching the gospel as faithful as I ever did. But souls are not being saved. He said, don't resign, let's pray. He said, ten days later, I picked up a paper in another town. And there was a headline in that paper where the president of that bank and a member of his church had been arrested for embezzlement. <coughs> had been arrested for embezzling a bank. And some of you, listen, my friend, your inconsistency, your inconsistent living, will do much to silence the testimony of your preacher. For they were the one old Samson would preach and would want to use a message of and when he would preach and want to use, when, when the old prophets would preach and they'd want to use a, a, an illustration of the power of God, they pointed to Samson and said, look at Samson. Now when the old preacher preaches, the crowd said, hey, preacher, where's Samson? And he hung his head in shame. Down yonder, in a hole, down yonder, grinding in the dungeon. Down yonder grinding in the dungeon, listen to me, God help me not to do something that would hang a millstone around the neck of the servant of my preacher and make it ineffective. You're not going to help him if you're going to have that inconsistent life. Let me give you another one. Let me give you another one, my friend. The story of Samson. 
I said it did much to destroy faith. It did much to silence the testimony of the prophets. So I want you to look at this one now. Why should Samson expect his hair to grow? It was cut off, but he should, that which is in would come out. And if you've gotten away from Christ and you've drifted into sin, you've lost your power. You've lost your power. Get alone with God. You say, I want to get back to where I can be used of God. Some of you listening to me this afternoon, my friend, you allowed something to slip in that's destroyed your power and destroyed your influence. And you're hurt, you're hurt to the close. Now, when they said we want to have a big, a big carnival day, unknown to them and unnoticed by them, Samson's hair had begun to grow again. When that boy led him out there, and old Samson prayed, and he said, Lord, I know I've disgraced you. I know I've disgraced you down here among these people. And I know I'm not worthy to be heard. And I want you to hear me one more time. Just hear me one more time. Just hear me one more time. He bowed himself and brought it down with a mighty crash. You know what I think, Samson said? Lord, I'd rather die than to live among these Philistines. Would you say tonight, would you say this afternoon, Dr. Lincoln, I'd rather die than to live outside the will of God. I'd rather die than to live outside the will of God. You listen to me. John Rollins said, I told you, he said, one thing that he had, that I had never denied the faith. I'd stood by the old fundamental principles. And he said, the other thing, Doc, is this. I've never heard a breath of scandal about you. I've never heard a breath of scandal about you. My brother, man, let me say this to you. When you allow your hair to be cut off and your eyes to be poked out, you will drift and become useless. There may come a time when you can come back to God and maybe kill more than you did before. That's what Samson did. I'm going to say this. You'll never be quite the same again. I don't care what it is. Samson killed more in his life than he had in his death than he had in his life. Just after my boy went to heaven in a tragic accident, I was holding a meeting. I held 50 meetings in the Akron Baptist Temple in Akron, Ohio. I was in a great meeting there when they called me from Florida and said, my pastor said something terrible happened here. He said, Bill had a wreck and it's fatal. My wife came on the phone and said, Honey, I'll bring his body to West Virginia and meet you there. She came. I waited two days there until she came with his body. And she came up the stairs and she said, I can never be reconciled. I said, Oh, yes, we'll have to be. I've told people for 35 years that God's grace was sufficient. 
If it's not sufficient for us, then it wasn't sufficient for them. If it wasn't sufficient for us, then it wasn't sufficient for them. That night I had a hundred people, over a hundred people come forward to accept Christ. In the auditorium, 4,000 people went back in the office and Dr. Billington said, Dr. Lincoln, I believe Bill killed more in his death than he would have ever killed in his life. And I said, why? He said, because you're preaching now as I never heard you preach. You're preaching with a broken heart. My friend, you'll never be for God what you ought to be until you've had your heart broken. Jenny Lynn, that marvelous singer, someone said to, 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 to someone, they said, Margaret, she's a tremendous singer. And he said, if I could only get her heart broken. Little later on, her heart was broken. Then she sang, my friend, and she could charm the birds down out of the trees almost. I'd rather walk, I'd rather walk with Jesus. Listen, let me say this. I'd rather die on this platform this afternoon. And I'd rather Percy and these brethren get this old body fixed up and Mommy Bob take it back under to the mountain. I'd rather do that this afternoon and then that I would have a step and I'd somehow bring disgrace to the cause of Christ. Blessed Holy Spirit, keep me clean. Keep me pure. Keep me with <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Somebody said, Dr. Lincoln, it'll soon be over. Don't you get mighty tired? Yes, last night I hardly slept. But you know something? You know something? One of these days, one of these days, it'll all be over. And then when I'm sitting up yonder, and the toil of the road will seem nothing, when I get to the end of the way, there's been so many hills to climb up to. But he who appoints my portion knows just one wonderful. Listen, you said, Dr. Lincoln, would you be afraid to go? No, I wouldn't be afraid. I don't want to go. I wouldn't be afraid. I've tried to walk with him. I've tried to honor him. I've tried to honor him. It's been a wonderful hour for me to be here. People are so good. And so kind to just let me come and let me preach. I count the greatest privilege on earth just to be have the honor of mentioning the name of Jesus. 
Thank you for listening to the Classic Sermons podcast from PreachTheBible.org, a ministry of North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. To listen to many more powerful sermons, visit our website, PreachTheBible.org. If you enjoy Christian music and programming, visit KNVBC.com for Christian music you can trust.